0: Thank you very much. Uh, we are glad to have our son with us tonight, and we're really glad to have our future daughter-in-law. Amen? She makes him look pretty good, all right? There you go. We're thankful the Lord's doing in their lives. They have surrendered to go to missions, and so we are helping them along the way. Amen? And so they'll be, uh, Lord willing, I told them they surrendered missions, but there's only one mission board they could go with, so... Uh, we gearing them toward Baptist missions, forgotten peoples, amen. So you pray for them as they get married on July 9th, and then uh, get ready to, uh, come, to the, come to the mission board and, and begin their pre-filled ministry, a lot of things they need to do. And uh, besides get married, amen, I've got other things they got to get handled. So you pray for them, and we thank the Lord for what God's doing in their lives and for how God's leading and guiding them. We ever told our kids, and uh, they can attest to this, All we ever asked of the Lord. For our kids that they serve the Lord, wherever it may be. And so that's exciting for us to see them taking this step of faith. Thank you so much, Pastor, for allowing us to be here tonight and uh, be able to celebrate with you 42 years. Wow, that is exciting. Uh, that is something to be proud about, something to be excited about, but not something to stop about. Amen. And you keep moving forward. And uh, God has a great days ahead of you as you continue to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and as you continue to build and to grow. And that's always exciting. To see uh, see the enthusiasm of moving forward for the cause of Christ, and to let God use you. Sorry I sorry, Miss Brother Brown, this morning. Uh, I got to know I've got, been in several of his classes when I come to visit the college, so we've got to know him very well, and uh, just appreciate him and all the work he's done. I know for here, uh, I didn't he was not here when we came, but uh, got to know him over the years. Uh, but you uh, you have a good heritage, and pray that God continue to bless you and help you to grow uh since I, th- I was here last which i don't remember when it was all i remember it was a camera and that was it here last time i was here <clears throat> but uh we're now the president of baptist missions forgotten peoples in jacksonville dr gene birch passed away in september uh went home with the be of the lord and now i've taken up the reins of being the president leading baptist missions forgotten peoples we're excited about what god's doing through through us and through the ministry there we uh, we're having to do some renovation on the building, so that's always a challenging, but uh, challenging task. What, what was supposed to be in one month is now turned into four months, and so it has to be done by candidate training, so uh, which is in June. So we're praying that uh, that'll be all accomplished by the time uh, J- uh, June comes around. We have 11 candidates, 11 couples coming to candidate training this year. Already signed up for June. We're praying for 30. So someone here tonight might be our next one to get on on board. So we're praying for new new candidates new people to get signed up to go to the mission field. So you pray for that, that God will continue to grow uh, grow us. We have a new uh, uh, administrator that's come on board, Brother uh, Pastor Jim uh, James Moore. He's, he retired from the uh, church in Hagerstown and now is one of our international representatives. And uh, and he's having to come through candidate training this year. Yeah. Uh, at uh, 70-something years old, or 69, 70, he's coming to candidate training. But he felt like he wanted to give his life to help Baptist Missions Forgotten Peoples, and he's just... Has been a great part. He's a board member, but he's turned his life, him and his body, to come and help missionaries and uh, try to encourage uh, missionaries and those who want to serve the Lord. So he'll be uh, coming on board with us um, in June, and uh, asking God to. Uh, we got other people coming on board. We have a new a pre-field administrator. They'll be coming in uh, for candidate training this year. It's a, kind of a long process for him, but uh, they've uh, committed this, this past uh, last month put in the march, they were down, did some work. And we told them that they couldn't leave until they committed, so they committed. So there you go. So that's how easy it is to commit to the things of the Lord. And so uh, the Masons will be coming on, uh, hopefully in a couple of years, as they uh, kind of get things finalized so they can move to Jacksonville. Uh, so Lord has continued to bless, trying to grow uh, the ministry there, and just continue to pray for Baptist missions to put out in peoples. So that God will use us to reach a new generation and get uh, new generation of missionaries to the mission field. And we're excited to see what God's going to do in the years ahead. Thank you for being a part of that by your support of us and being faithful uh, to what God's called you to do here. It's good to see our friends, Miss Judy, Miss Pam, known them since a uh, well, long time ago, right? Uh, so it's uh, always a joy to see them. And of course, Miss Rose and Brother Jacob, my Liberian friends, amen. And I, I was just with uh, just Brother Connie and KB. This in their regards. Uh, they were down for my dad's uh, 10th year uh, memorials time and Talked about the palm butter and rice, so amen. Uh, but uh, we appreciate these folks so much. Been good friends over the years. Miss Rose has been to Spain uh, to see us. And, uh, of course, Miss Judy and Pam has also been to see us. So it's always exciting to have them. Now, if can get them to come to Florida now, Florida is a lot closer. It doesn't cost as much, but they won't come to Florida to see us. So, uh, But anyway, it's good good to be here tonight. Amen. Take your Bibles. Turn to the book of Psalms, chapter number 31. Psalms, chapter number 31. So I was thinking about. Uh, actually, I did not realize it was your 42nd anniversary until last night. I saw the blur from Belo uh, June on 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 face on Facebook uh, announcing I was going to be here. I said, "Well, I guess I can't skip out. He's already announced it, so I got to be here." Uh, but I, I didn't realize all it was such a special day. And I already had given my message to the uh, to the sound man, and and i like, "Well, that's going to work out pretty good." So uh, uh, But I do want us to remember some things tonight. In just a few moments, share some things about remembering the goodness of God. Remembering the goodness of God. As any church celebrates a milestone in their history, whether it be an event or whether it be a uh, a part of history, it's always important to think back on the goodness of God. And we see in Psalm chapter number 31, we'll read verses 19 and 20, uh, David is writing and he's, He's given this declaration. He says, Oh, oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Verse 20, Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in the pavilion from the strife of tongues. And we understand that David had a very unique life, and uh, part of that life was running for his life, running from Saul, running from the... the, uh, false accusations that were made, uh, on him. But in all of that, David made and determined to trust in the Lord. And so tonight, as we think about the goodness of God, uh, understand that uh, the Bible tells us, First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 24, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. In Psalms chapter 145, verse 9, it says, The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. In James chapter 1 and verse 17 it says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Uh, with whom there is there was, there was no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Over in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good, to th- good things to them that ask of Him? And so understand tonight as we think about our history and think about missions and think about all that's involved in the ministry of White Oak Baptist Church that God is interested in what you're doing. You're not doing things just because you're doing things. You're not just busy of the busyness of ministry. You're you're accomplishing things for the glory of the Lord. I know there is a danger of being busy in ministry. We're all busy. We're all occupied in doing things, whether you're in the choir, whether you're the one preaching, or whether you're running the buses or organizing programs. Uh, we're all busy, but we have a purpose in our busyness, and that is to glorify the Lord in everything we do or say. And so, uh, as we think about that, we can look back and say, "Man, God's been good. God supplied our needs. God has, has been uh, watching us along the way." Someone has said, "A saint is not someone who is good, but someone who experiences the goodness of God." Yes, we're saint because we're saved. But we've experienced the goodness of God in our life. Someone else has said, joy is the quiet gladness of heart as one contemplates the goodness of God's saving grace in Christ Jesus. If all we had tonight, if everything around us came apart, if everything fell apart, yet we have salvation in Jesus Christ, it's all good. It's all good. We have something to rejoice in. We have something to be glad in. We have something to hold on to. Not the world. The world doesn't have anything to hold on to. They don't know uh, what's happening to, excuse me, tomorrow. But we understand that our destination is in the Lord's hands. We know who holds tomorrow. And man, we ought to be thankful. We can put our head, head on, on our beds tonight. And we can be sure. We can be confident. We can be, uh, we can be expectant. And I uh, know that He is going to control of every situation doesn't matter what the world thinks or what politics are doing or or what the situation of our government or the world is in. God is still good and still in control. So I want to give you four areas tonight to remember about the goodness of God. Number one, remember that He is good in His purpose. Remember that God is good in His purpose. God in His love always wills what is best for us. In His wisdom, He always knows what is best. And in His sovereignty, He has the power to bring it about. Nothing escapes God. God's not up in heaven wringing His hands and wondering how to work things out. Uh, Your life is not so complicated that God can't work in your life. Your situation, whatever you're facing, God is not up there wondering how He's going to handle you. He knows. He created you. He knows what's going on. As Nothing escapes Him. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Over 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which has given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. God gave us purpose when He saved us. When God changed your life, that moment when we came and uh, encountered with Christ face to face, all things changed. The Bible says all things uh, were old but are become new. Things are changed in our life. We're a new creature in Christ. He has a purpose for our life. His purpose, number one, is real. It's a real purpose. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 9 says, Having made known unto us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He hath purposed in Himself. Understand that God doesn't uh, give us things out there and kind of hangs it out there, kind of like a bait, and says, "Well, you might be able to have this if you want it." No, He has a, a real purpose for your life. He has He has something that He wants to do in your life, and many times we miss that blessing, we miss that opportunity simply because we're not falling close to Him. He has a purpose for you; it's real. In Spanish, we have a saying. I don't know if it's. Translates very well. It's called building castles in the air, haciendo castillos en el aire. It's that kind of the idea of having this imagination the idea of what we want to accomplish in life and never, never, see, never being able to really attain it. But as Christians, born-again believers, we can, we can reach the goals that God has for us because His purposes are real. His purpose is not only real, but His purpose is right. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 11, according to His eternal purpose, which He purposed where? In Christ Jesus our Lord. God never tells you or never tells us to do something that's against the Word of God. He'll never tell you to go against the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He'll never lead you astray. He'll never take you someplace that that you shouldn't go. We can trust the Word of God. We can trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. We can trust Him working in our lives. Because his purpose is right. Now, we as human beings, sometimes we mess up. We go the wrong way and we do the wrong thing. And, and, uh, uh, but his, his purpose is always right. His purpose is real. His purpose is right. But number three, and I really like this, his purpose is relational. Relational. His purpose is relational. You realize that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And when God created the heavens and the earth, he put, he put Adam and He put Eve in the garden. The Bible tells us in the cool of the evening, God would come down and He would walk with them in the cool of the evening. Can you imagine going out on a walk with God? Can you imagine that, that sweet relationship there was between the God of heaven, the creator of this earth, and, the, and His creation? But the moment that Adam and Eve sinned, that, that relationship was broken. That, 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 that stopped all that, that relationship uh, that was between God and man came to an, eru- an abrupt halt. And ever since that time, uh, Jesus, when He came, he, he bore our sins on the cross. He, he shed His blood. He was, he was buried on our third day. He rose again. Why? To reestablish that relationship and so everything that happens between God and us is to because He wants a relationship with you and He wants a relationship with me. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of, His, of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. God has something for you or for me. It's relational. He wants us to be like Him. He wants us to be transformed into His image, and that is the ultimate goal. That is the ultimate uh, glorification of man to be like Christ. But He's working on us now, and we see we've seen that that song. He's been working on me to make me what I ought to be. Now we want we want to fudge and complain and kick and, and kick and, and scream against. Uh, when God's working things in our life or when we go through a trial or when we have a problem and we want to complain and all it is, God's saying, I want to love you a little bit more. I want to make you more like me. Quit trying to fight the system. Work with me here. Why? Because God wants to have a relationship with us. Remember that God is good in His purpose. But number two, I want you to see this. Remember that God, that He is good in His perfection. God is good in His Perfection. A.W. Tozer said, the goodness of God is infinitely more wonderful than we will ever be able to comprehend. God's goodness is more than we can comprehend. It's, it's, It's way out there. Psalms chapter 50 verse 2 says, out of Zion the perfection of beauty God hath shined. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Why? Because uh, he, has, he made man perfect. And because he's perfect, he's, out and he's able to work in our life. I remember my dad when he was helping me prepare for, for ministry and had a lot of questions. And, and uh, I remember I was pastoring there in Spain and I was, I was kind of frustrated. Uh, I know Brother Lejeune never gets frustrated with, uh, in ministry, but I, I, I had a weak moment. I was frustrated in ministry, and I just didn't know what to do, and, and I was kind of complaining. And I said, you know, Dad, I just can't get these people to do what I want to do. I know, I know it sounds kind of basic, but that's kind of what I was saying. And he looked at me kind of funny. He said, son, do you realize that you're a pastor for a reason? I said, what do you mean? He says, well, you know, you're a pastor because God's put you there. And you're the ones expected to be a little more spiritual because you're the pastor. And your people are here. And so as you grow, they grow. And as you grow, and they grow. But if you start going backwards, what happens to the people? They begin to go down as well. I'm not perfect. I wish I was. You ask my wife, she can tell you, I'm not perfect. I've got a son here today and a daughter-in-law will soon find out. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I wish I didn't. I wish I'd never mess up. But I do, but I have a heavenly Father that's perfect. And His perfection, number one, is, is perfecting us. He is working in us to change those things. And Romans chapter 8 verse 29, For whom He did foreknow, He did also predestinate to be conformed, what? To the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. God is transforming us because He's perfect. And His perfection is perfecting us. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10, that put on a new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of Him that created Him. Because of what God's done in your life, because of that point of salvation, because of that relationship, because of His perfection, He is transforming, molding, making, and and working in our lives. His perfection is perfecting us. But number two, His perfection is personified in us. What does that mean? Well, that means that people ought to see Christ in you and not you in you. You know, so many times we, we, we get discombobulated. I like that word. Discomb- I learned how to say it finally, so I can I use it. We get discombobulated in our, in our life and we feel like the whole universe evolves around me. I mean, we think that somehow or another that God has given me special attention. And so I just have special consideration. You know, God loves us all the same. And the world doesn't revolve around you, and it doesn't revolve around me. It revolves around Him. He's the author and finisher of our faith. I'm not, you're not, preacher's not. And so we understand as as he's perfecting, it's wanting Christ to shine through us. He tells us there uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, Dwell in you, he that raises up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwelleth in you. See, when the moment we were saved, Jesus Christ came in, the Holy Spirit of God took a residence in our life, and man, we were transformed, and that, then God began to live himself out through us. So why? So that others can see Christ in us. So as I walk around, if I'm out in the, in the public, if I'm out in the grocery store, if I'm out helping somebody else, they ought to be able to see the Lord Jesus Christ and not Jonathan Lyons. His perfection is being personified in us. And the closer I walk with Him, the closer I'm, I'm with Him, the more He shines through my life. And that's what changes people's lives. I, yes, I believe we ought to knock on doors and you ought to do all the rest of it. But my friend, if you don't live the way that you say you are, it doesn't mean anything. People need to see the change in our lives. Then we see His perfection is persistent through us. He, he is persistent. How many of you are parents here? You ever had that one child that was persistent? In the wrong way. I mean, it's, it's, son, I told you. Now, son, I told you. Now, son, I'm going to tell you again. And as always, it never seems to end. It, you know, I have a story about my sons are here. So I can't say too much. But, but there's, there seems to be that one. It's always the hard head. It's always just, you just can't get it through. They're persistently wrong. Well, I learned as a parent, the one who is more persistent is the one that wins the game. So as much as they were persistently wrong, I was going to be persistent as a dad. And I was determined to win. Took 18 years, but I won. He went persistent. God is working in our lives and He's persistent. He, He's not letting go of you. He's not, He's not releasing you. He wants to work on you. And He's going to be persistent to help you to be what you ought to be for Him. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and verse 18. But we all, with an open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. God is changing us, transforming us day by day as we allow Him to work. I thank the Lord for His persistence in my life. There was a time in my life that after I received Christ and surrendered to the to the ministry that I decided that, that I wanted to make some money. I decided that I came back to the States and I, I began, began to live a little bit of the American dream. Got my first job, got my first car, I was making money and I thought, man, I like this. I like having money in the bank. I like having, be able to, if I want to go on a way weekend, I can do this. And, and so, you know, it doesn't, doesn't put me out, you know. I didn't, I enjoyed that. And so as the more money I made, the more ideas I had. Well, you know, I can support missionaries. That's a good spiritual thing to do. I can help somebody. But I don't need to go. I need to get me a house. I need to get me a vehicle that's nice. I need to be able to enjoy life. After all, I'm a missionary kid. I've suffered all my life on the mission field. I deserve better. But that's not what God called me to do. It wasn't until one morning I woke up and I, Went to the cabinets in the kitchen, opened up, and there was nothing there. Now, for a Baptist boy not to have food, that's a bad thing. But I remember I was empty. I didn't have any joy. I didn't have any peace. There was no satisfaction in my life and voice in my head. Now, I didn't eat pizza that night, so it wasn't that. But I heard the Holy Spirit talk to me and I said, Jonathan, you promised me your life. You promised me your life. I'm coming to claim, you don't, you're in trouble. I'm glad He persisted in my life. He's persistent. Remember that God is good in His purpose. Remember that He is good in His perfection. Number three, remember that He is good in His person. He's good in this person. Remembering the goodness of God in the past will help us in seasons where it's hard to see Him. We've all been through situations in life. And I remember on the mission field, there were times in our our missionary life when I just remember thinking, God, this is it. There is no way we're getting past this. There is no way I'm coming out of this. There is no way that, that I can continue doing what I'm doing. I am beat down. I'm done. But as I look back those times as God's brought me through situations of ministry and and situations dealing with families and dealing with missionaries and dealing with pastors and and all kinds of issues on the foreign field as God has allowed me to go through that, I see how He supplied and how He provided and how He just guided all through that even when I had no clue what He was doing. What does that do for me? It helps you look ahead and say, hey, if He can take care of that problem, surely He can take care of this problem. Psalms 25, verse 8 says, Good and upright is the Lord. Psalms 34, verse 8, O taste and see, the Lord is good. Blessed is he, the man that trusts in Him. He's good in His person. Why? Because, number one, His person is inviting. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all you that are and or heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Aren't you glad that you received the invitation one day to come to be in the family of God? Aren't you glad that one day you recognize that you were lost and undone, but Jesus came in and changed your life? I mean, I'm glad for the invitation. I'm glad you're hanging out door door hangers, inviting people for, for uh for uh Easter Sunday and all the things you're doing. People like invitations, those are good. But the greatest invitation is in the person of Jesus Christ. Why do you do those invitations? Why do you give out that? Why? I so said they come hear the gospel and God can change their life that they say like He's changed your life. His person is inviting. But number two, his person is investing. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. We have four kids and Stephen's here tonight. But having kids is an investment. Uh, you put out a lot of money on your children. Most time you don't get it back. You ever loaned your kids money? Yeah, it don't work out very well. We've invested time. We've invested in training. We've invested in your education. We've invested in counsel. And guess we've invested in money. Why? Because we are the belief that children are alone to us from God to prepare them to serve the Lord. We invested in their lives so they can serve the Lord Jesus Christ. My parents invested in me. I don't know if they got much for the return, but they invested in me, amen? And, and, And helped me along to where I could get to the point where I could serve the Lord. Your pastor invests in you as members of White Oak Baptist Church. Why? Well, that's his job. No. That's his responsibility. That's what he loves to do. That's what God's called him to, to invest in you. Why? To help you grow up and spiritually, to help you be prepared to serve Him. You come in on church on Sunday. Why? To get equipped to go out and face the world that week. You come back next Sunday and you're beat up pretty bad. You've been in the workplace, you've been out everywhere, and things. life is hard. And you come to church and you get recharged again. Your pastor is investing in you. But Christ invests in us. The Bible says we are bought with a price. (laughs) You're paid for. You're bought and paid for. He invested in you. Invested in me. Why? That we might be called the sons of God. We might have an opportunity with a life that has meaning. He invested in us. But his person also is invaluable. There's no person like the person of Jesus Christ. They've tried to stomp His name out. They've tried to destroy everything that has to do with Christ. But still today, He rings loud and clear. doesn't matter what country you go to. We lived in Spain for 24 years as missionaries. And as a European country, that's one of the darkest. That in Portugal and, and, uh, and France, that area of the world, used to have the gospel, used to be sending the gospel. Well, there's a glimmer of hope. Because even in those dark nations, there were churches who were preaching the gospel. Lies that are being changed. Why? Because of the name of Jesus. He is the name above all names, can change every person's life. John, John chapter 14, verse 17, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be with you. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7, For the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though he be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. He's, he's, he's invested in you, a valuable tool. Don't ever, anyone ever t- let? Uh, don't you let, let anyone ever tell you that you're not important to God. Every member, every born again believer, every person is important to God. Why? Because he sent his son to die for you. Last of all, tonight, remember that God is good in His provision. I look around here and, man, I see how God's provided for you, materially speaking. God's provided a wonderful building. I see, every time I come back, I see something else has been redone and and revamped or, or repainted or recarpeted. Boy, that's exciting. I love to see that. Why? Because this is God's place. I ought to look the best. I ought to look, look, to, look to be appealing to those that come in. We don't, we don't serve a, a rinky-dink God. We serve a big God. When I came into the office as president, I told him, I said, we're not doing things halfway. This is God's business and it needs to look right. Yes, we've got to spend money and we've got to do things, but man, it's why we're, we're investing in this. And God's, this is what God's provided. We've got to take care of it. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19, But my gosh, to supply all your need according to His riches the glory by Christ Jesus. God wants to supply for His church. He wants to supply for you. Number one, His provision is timely. His provision is timely. I, I I don't have the time to tell you stories about how God is supplied right on time just recently we were raising money for to redo our buildings and we, need, we calculated about $25,000 that we needed to repaint the buildings and fix the three missionary apartments and renovate what had to be done and fix some things on the property and so uh, we began to pray in January God we, we need $25,000 we didn't have it and we began to pray and, and you know. Some, I sent out some letters and asking people to help out with it and so uh, we got some money in, we, we, I think we got several thousand in by that time and and uh and so I went to the men and I said, We're gonna start. Someone had given us five thousand dollars to do one of the apartments. I said, We got five thousand dollars, we're gonna start. Yeah, but what if the rest of the money doesn't come in? I said, Did we believe that it was God's will to do this? Well yes. I said, Okay, let's get started. So we began. Man, we've been tearing out the walls and tearing up the carpet and pulling everything out and, and getting things painted and, and the guy came and he came with his machine, started painting the building, and I told him, He says, Take your time. <laughs> Gotta no rush. Just take your time. And uh, things were moving along. And one of the men said, well, Lions, do you think we ought to wait till we get all the money? I said, no. I said, that's not how God works. We trust Him. Step up by faith and you'll trust Him. And uh, it's just been my practice over the years doing that. And so uh, I was in a meeting in Port Charlotte, uh, Florida, down way on, low, below, below Tampa. And I just preached that night and I came in. And I got a phone call from a pastor. He said, "Brother Lyons, it's him and his, his, him and his wife and his daughter in the car?" He said, "Brother Lyons, uh, are you sitting down?" I said, "I am now." <laughs> uh, someone calls me t- at that late at night. Something's usually wrong. I just never know what's going on. He said, "Brother Lyons, we, we just had a church meeting and uh, we met as, uh, as uh, with the pulpit or with the uh, deacons and the board members and and uh, we we uh, met with the church. It's 100% vote. We're going to give you twenty-five thousand dollars." And I said, "Is, is that like a two-five and three zeros?" I'm, I'm kind of slow. I said, "My numbers aren't very good." He said, "Yeah." His wife was just giggling in the back. <laughs> she said, "Yeah, like twenty, a two-five and three zeros." I said, "Well, wow, praise the Lord!" I said, "Man, at, that is the answer to prayer." And I said, "Let me call my finance man because he was kind of worried about this." So I hung up with the pastor and I called our finance man. I said, "Brother Bob," I said, "Are you sitting down?" <laughs> he says, "I am now. What's wrong?" I said, really, nothing's wrong. I said, I just got some news I want to share with you. I said, uh, I said uh, I just got his call, and I said, someone is giving us $25,000 for the repairs of the building. It got kind of saddened at the end. He says, Ooh. He said, God sure took his time on that one, didn't he? I said, God is always on time. That's where faith comes in. God, his provision is always timely. God knows when we need it. Exactly how to provide it. Understand that God's work uh, is always timely. Remember the, 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 uh, the widow lady? She was going to prepare her last meal with her son. She had the, the oil and she had the, uh, uh, the flour. She was going to make her last thing. And who knows that the Baptist preacher showed up and said, I'm hungry. Feed me first. Can you imagine what's going through this lady's mind? I mean, I'm going to die here by kid. We don't have any food. And this preacher comes in. Now he wants the food. I'm ad-libbing a little bit. That's not, that's not the King James Version. That's the Lion's Version of it. But anyway, not, you can imagine the situation going on there. But she was obedient. And what do we know about the story? She supplied God's man, and God took care of her. She never went hungry. See, that's, that's just like God. He does that. What He did for that widow, He can do for you tonight. He can do for you. That, 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 those principles still are active today. His provision is timely. Number two, His pr- provision... Is tangible. We get to experience the goodness of God. We get to experience His provision. Remember the children of Israel? They went out into the desert and they got hungry and God provided them something they could eat. He provided their shoes that they would not wear out. He provided a way in the wilderness. He provided their provisions. It's tangible. God doesn't skimp on His, on His children. He gives us the very best then last of all, His provisions are tailor-made. Now understand why I say this. God knows my need more than you know my need. In fact, God knows my need more than I know my need. And many times we get confused with our needs and wants. We, we, We kind of make our wants our needs. And that isn't necessarily how it needs to be. Over the years, God has supplied things for us. And I don't know how or why. But as He does it, we're thankful for Him. So when you see God bless one of your fellow Christians, don't get upset because God didn't bless you the same way. You didn't need that car. You didn't need that house. You didn't need that suit or that dress. That's God's provision for them. And sometimes we see God blessing someone else in our church. It's like, well, God bless me. I don't think that's not fair. Are we all upset? Don't do that. Let God supply your needs the way He wants to supply your needs. Learn to be content. Content believers make for happy church members. Amen. You want to be happy, don't you? Be content. Allow God's provision to be what it needs to be for your life. God is good. A.W. said, With the goodness of God to desire our highest welfare, the wisdom of God to plan it, and the power of God to achieve it, what do we lack? Surely we are the most favored of all creatures. The goodness of God gives peace in the midst of turmoil, underlying joy in a time of sorrow, strength for today's hardships, new vision for tomorrow. "...Calmness in the storms of life, grace in time of need, love in the midst of hatred, charity in place of greed, cheerfulness where there is gloom, faith where there is doubt, light in the midst of darkness, hope to those without, healing where there is sickness, comfort in times of grief, wisdom to those who ask, knowledge to souls who seek, guidance to all who follow, instruction to ears that hear, rest to the heavy laden, security in place of fear, salvation to lost and perishing, forgiveness where there's sin, life to the spiritually dead, and purity within. How could we cease to be amazed at the goodness of God? God's been good at the White Oak Baptist Church. He's given you a good pastor and his wife and family. He's given you... Provisions beyond compare. But if you ever get discontent, God can take all that away. God's been good to my wife and I. We have always have everything we wanted. Absolutely not. Do we have everything we need? We surely do. I don't know how. That's not my business. As many people would ask my dad, I said J.T. Do you have a, do you have any problems? He said no. He said I don't have any problems. My heavenly father has quite a few, but I don't have any. And that's just—we need to live life. We give it to the Lord Jesus. Realize how good He is. He is to us, and we go on and serve Him for His honor and glory. Don't ever let anyone take away the goodness of the gospel in your life. Be faithful serving. Help the next forty-two years of White Oak Baptist Church to be what it needs to be. You keep going. Don't get distracted. Don't get don't get disillusioned. Get busy to work. I found that busy people are people who don't complain. Right? You get around and. Don't do anything. You find out all the errors are everybody else. I had a guy come to church one time. He says, well, well, preacher, if I was doing that, I could have done a better job. I said, then why didn't you do it? Oh, I didn't have time. Okay. See, we do what we, we, do what we want to do, what's important to us. But let's get busy. Get involved. Do everything you can to be part of White Oak Baptist Church and help it to grow in the coming years. And in 42 more years, if I'm still alive, we'll come by again and see the goodness and graciousness of God. Amen? God's good. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for tonight. I pray, Lord, as preacher comes, you have your willing way in our lives. Help us not to ever to take for granted the goodness of God in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing here at White Oak. Thank you for their love for missionaries, their love to reach others and reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bless our time tonight, now in Jesus' name. Amen. Preacher.